So glad you're here. You can be seated. Those of you joining us online, we're so glad that you are as well. Um, in lieu of a mission support update like we usually start out, I want to just refer you to Tuesday night's message and prayer meeting. Uh, we should have that uh, link on our website. Um, you're in uh, store for a real treat. Uh, the Nepal missions team, medical missions team, shared just amazing testimonies. And we had a really amazing testimony about specific answered prayer uh, in our Philippines mission. And so uh, that video is online, not just on our website, but also our social media platforms. And I'll refer you to that. Um, also, I want to thank everyone for praying for my wife, Kelly, who, as many of you know, is battling breast cancer. Uh, the outpouring of love has been truly overwhelming, and I cannot thank you enough. You've been most gracious and understanding, especially of me taking time off. And I know you'll continue to be, should I have Pastor Leitu or Pastor Mac fill in for me in the days ahead when I just need to be with my wife. So thank you for your grace. You're very gracious and you're very loving and very kind. Uh, please know that we in no way have forgotten about Maui and the people of Lahaina. Uh, nor have we or would we ever forget about the Jews and the Arabs in Israel. Um, Lord willing, and if we're still here, uh, I am hoping to provide updates on all of our ongoing missions support in these areas to the uttermost parts of the earth. So with that, let's get started. First service is our Bible prophecy update. We do this weekly have for many years. Second service, which will be live streamed at 11.15 a.m., uh, is the sermon. Really, it's a verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. And today we are going to start in the book of Jude. And we're going to begin in verse 1 and make it all the way through verse 1. And <laughs> we're going to look at the reasons that God is in control of every aspect of our lives, especially when it seems that everything in our lives is out of control. And so that'll be second service again, 1115. For those of you that are watching by way of YouTube or Facebook, we'd encourage you to go directly to the website at jdfrog.org. There you will find the uncensored and uninterrupted entirety of today's update, as the first part is only streamed on the social media platforms. So after seeking the Lord, I sensed that He would have me address a matter of paramount importance, which is that of this profound last day's confusion. I think you would agree with me that today, in this last hour, people, even Christians, are so confused that they no longer know what to believe anymore. 
Let me preface and even qualify this by making it clear that Scripture makes it clear in declaring that God is not the author of confusion. Rather, He's the author of peace, as in all the churches of the saints, Paul writing to the Corinthians. However, while he's not the author of confusion, he is the sender of confusion. And ultimately, this gives way to a strong delusion, which we'll see in a moment. And again, by way of a preface, it's important to understand that what always ensues, without exception, when one is in a state of confusion and subsequently delusion is what I'll refer to as a demonic deception. Are you with me? This is Second Thessalonians chapter 2. You know this well. We talk about it often. It's one of the most, I'll use the word profound again, <laughs> prophecies in all of the pages of Holy Writ penned by the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, concerning the end of time, the last day, the last hour of the last day, and what is going to happen at that time. I want to draw your attention to verse 9, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul writes, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, things that make you wonder and think about and get confused about, if I can say that. And verse 10, with all, and here it is, unrighteous deception among those who perish. Now we're going to get the why, which we'll expound on here shortly, but this is the why behind the what. Why? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, this is why, the reason why, for this reason, God will send, keyword them, strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. May I ask you to rewind with me to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. I want to draw your attention to the 11th chapter, beginning in verse 5. You know this account well. It's the account of Nimrod's Tower of Babel. We're told, verse 5, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language, 
that they may not understand one another's speech. Stay with me. Exodus 14 verse 24. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army. This is in the Israelites' exodus out of Egypt. And listen, threw it into confusion. Exodus 23 verse 27. I will send, again key word, my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. We're almost there. Deuteronomy 28, 20. The Lord will send upon you curses, confusion, and rebuke in all you undertake to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds, because you have forsaken me. That's another why. Joshua 10, first part of verse 10, the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, who defeated them in a great victory at Gibeon. Judges 7, the first part of verse 22. This is Gideon's army. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. They were in an utter state of confusion and chaos. First Samuel chapter 14, verse 20. Then Saul and all the people who were with him rallied and came to the battle. And behold, every man's sword was against his fellow, and there was very great confusion. Are you seeing a pattern here? One more. Second Chronicles 20. This is one of my favorite accounts. <laughs> it's the account where Jehoshaphat is facing impossible odds with this great horde that is coming against him. And he just crumbles and says to the Lord a beautiful prayer, cries out to the Lord and says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And it's one of those accounts in Scripture where God says, this battle belongs to me. I've got this one. You will not have to fight this battle. There are battles that we will fight, and God gives us the victory. But on this one, God says to Jehoshaphat, I got this one. I'll take care of this one. All I want you to do is praise me in advance for the victory that is already yours because of not only what I'm going to do, but how I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to send them into a state of total and utter confusion and chaos, and they're going to kill each other and do my job for me instead of me for you. So just have a nice afternoon. This is beginning in verse 22. As they began to sing and praise, they sent the worship team ahead. <laughs> Could you 
Imagine being on that worship team. Okay, guys, you're up. Us? Yeah, go. Okay. The Lord set ambushes as they began to praise God. The Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another in their utter state of confusion. So again, let me reiterate, God is not the author of confusion. God is the sender of the authored confusion. Who's the author of confusion? Satan. Now watch this. By way of an illustration, Satan is the author of confusion, so he's authored it, and now God is going to send it. He's the author of it. God didn't author it, but he's going to send what Satan authored. Why? Because the devil is God's devil. He's a created being, and he can only do what God allows him to do and nothing more. And the only time God will allow the devil to do anything is when in the end it's for our good and God's glory. In other words, the devil does God's bidding. He's a tool, an instrument in the hands of God to do what God desires to do. So he's authored a book called Confusion. Sent it to me. I need to mail it out to Mount Seir and the Moabites and the Ammonites and the great horde that's coming against my people because I'm going to send them into this great confusion. That's the common denominator. With not just the passages I read, but the many with them, in that they all speak to how God will oftentimes deem it necessary to throw his enemies into confusion. Actually, this is an answer to the question of what purpose is served in God doing this. And one need look no further than to those who oppose God and God's people. Fast forward to this, the last hour, and those who now oppose God and God's people. And what you'll find is that this profound confusion is fulfilling specific last days Bible prophecy. Maybe before I go any further, can I just humbly ask rhetorically, I want you to think through the question I want to ask you. Do you see confusion on the part of many? Do you see this confusion? People are so confused. I mean, there's so much coming at us. And it's so confusing because you're trying to process all of this information slash misinformation slash disinformation, and it leaves one just with their head spinning in total confusion. And it's so bad that it even has the propensity for God's people to acquiesce to this confusion vis-a-vis -vis the aforementioned strong delusion 
and powerful deception. It should be noted that in Matthew 24, Jesus places deception at the top of the list of signs when the disciples asked him about the end of the age and his return. Before he says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilence and nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there's going to be earthquakes and all of these things happen in various places, different places. And he likens them all to birth pains, which take place and happen in greater frequency and intensity. The closer you get to the birth of the baby, which he's likening to his return. But did you know that the very first thing he lists before he even lists those birth pains, as we call them, is deception. In other words, deception will increase in its frequency and intensity like those birth pains as a marker of just how close we are to his return in the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ before the seven year tribulation. In fact, he not only places deception at the top of the list, he then goes on to warn that if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. Can you hang on to that? We're going to come back to this. In other words, confusion comes packaged with deception. And what's the result? Well, you can write the next chapter. One finds themselves in this place where they don't know who to believe, nor do they know what to believe. And that's exactly what Satan wants. Confusion, division, deception. After all, he's the father of lies. In fact, you can attribute three names to Satan. He's the author of confusion, the father of lies, and the accuser of the brethren, among others. Those are the big three. So this is what Satan does. Dare I say that this is as deliberate as it is demonic. And it's evidenced by the CIA document bearing the title, Conspiracy Theory CIA. We've talked about this in prior updates. I thought it would be appropriate to mention it again today. Listen to this quote. The dispatch states, 1967, the aim of this dispatch is to provide material countering and discrediting, can I add confusing, the claims of the conspiracy theorists, which is a term they dubbed to dismiss their conspiracy so as to inhibit the circulation of such claims in other countries. That's interesting. It starts in the US and it reaches throughout the other countries. Uh, what's reaching out throughout the other countries? Background information, 
that's still quoting, supplied in a classified section and in a number of unclassified attachments. What are those background information, classified section and attachments? Oh, they are to, quote, employ propaganda assets to and refute the attacks of the critics. Did you catch that? In other words, we're going to deliberately confuse them because they're onto us. Here we've conspired. This is a conspiracy, but we're going to label them as conspiracy theorists so that people will dismiss them out of hand and not listen to, oh, you're one of those. And so here it is a conspiracy and it's a cover up. How are they going to cover up the conspiracy? By loading you down with all of this information, misinformation, disinformation, which I'm going to delineate between in a moment, so that you're left so confused, you don't know what to believe. Mission accomplished. Sadly, and this is something else we've talked about in prior updates, the profound success with which this profound confusion has been met is seen in and summed up with this quote from 1981 by then CIA Director William Casey, quote, will know our disinformation program. Disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. I think I'd be grossly remiss if I didn't distinguish between misinformation and disinformation. According to dictionary.com, misinformation is false information that is spread regardless of whether there is intent to mislead. Disinformation, conversely, is, quote, one, false information as about a country's military strength or plans disseminated by a government or intelligence agency in a hostile act of tactical political subversion to, still quoting, deliberately misleading or biased information, manipulated narrative or facts, propaganda, close quote. No wonder we're so confused. It's with these distinct definitions that will be better equipped, as they'll be germane to our understanding of that which follows. Namely, two chilling examples that reveal just how successful Satan's strategy of confusion, disinformation, and deception has been, now is, and will continue to be. I'm going to quote transcripts, and 
As I do, please listen very carefully to the cunning and insidious irony woven throughout the calculated and clever wording. What I'm hoping to accomplish by doing this is to demonstrate how that well-nigh 43 years since the CIA director quote about their disinformation program is now almost complete, exactly as God in His Word said it would. And if it's almost complete, do you know what that means? We're almost out of here. In fact, I think we're way more than almost out of here. We're out of here. Because this is exactly what we're told would happen at the end, the very end of time. This first and foremost would be so pronounced, so profound, so prevalent, confusion, deception, disinformation, false, false. So we don't know what the truth is. Well, this is probably when we should end the live stream on social media. <laughs> Bye. Well, if you're on the website, I would, you're saying hi. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start by quoting from the transcript of a speech by Barack Obama in 2022, quote, take COVID. All right, let's get the collective eye roll out of the way. There he goes again. Yes. Oh, but I think that's, that's old news. No, it's not. If you think that, you're confused in Jesus' name. Quote, Obama, 2022, take COVID. The fact that scientists developed safe, effective vaccines in record time is an unbelievable achievement. And yet, despite the fact that we've now essentially clinically, listen, tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide, Told you. Did you hear what I just quoted? We, we tested on you. It was a test. You were the, the test subjects. Billions of people worldwide. We tested it on you. Essentially, clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide. Despite that fact, around one in five Americans is still willing to put themselves at risk and put their families at risk rather than get vaccinated. People are dying because of, wait for it, misinformation. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Still quoting. It's not necessary for people to believe this information. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. 
You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, thank God, in political institutions, don't let me go there, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. This is textbook. Now, for those wondering why I'm quoting Obama from back in 2022, it has to do, maybe you've heard about this, a newly released Netflix original bearing the title of Leave the World Behind. Sounds like a hymn. We're off to a good start. In fact, we're admonished to, we're in the world, but not of the world. To not dig our roots down too deep in the soil of this temporal world, because this world is not our home. So that's an interesting title right out of the shoe. Would you agree? What many don't realize is that this was co-produced by Obama. Now please know that I have not watched this movie, nor am I recommending that anyone should. Rather, I've researched this movie as I think any thinking Christian should. Here's why. Obama himself gave the director's notes to the film's director, Sam Ismael, Ismael, who was subsequently interviewed by Vanity Fair prior to the film's release and was quoted as saying, this is a quote, and this is the producer of the movie that was given the script by none other than Obama. He says, quote, in this interview, in the original drafts of the script, I definitely pushed things a lot farther than they were in the film. And President Obama, having the experience he does have, was able to ground me a little bit on how things might unfold in reality. I am writing what I think is fiction, for the most part. I'm trying to keep it as true to life as possible, but I'm exaggerating and dramatizing. And to hear an ex-president say, you're off by a few details. What? I thought I was taking, what do they call it, license, artistic license. I was taking this beyond the realm of reality to the extreme and trying to dramatize it. And Obama's telling me, actually, you're, you're really close. You're just off a little bit. Wait, I, I, <laughs> I took artistic liberty and license, and I made this thing just unbelievable. He said, yeah, you're actually spot on. Just a few little details we need to kind of fine tune. <laughs> he says, quote, I thought I was off by a lot. The fact that he said that scared the expletive out of me. Don't use your imagination too much. You know what word was used. Curiously, the film is about a family whose vacation on Long Island is interrupted by a cyber attack. And it takes down the entire internet. By the way, the quote from 2022, that was at a technology conference. Um, Klaus Schwab, 
Yuval Harari, Obama, et al., all are predictive programming the world for a cyber attack that will take down the entire internet, throwing the masses into a state of total confusion. Why? Because when they're in total confusion and chaos, destruction will ensue and the country will fall from within. Because see, a house divided, Jesus said, cannot stand. Satan knows that verse. And that's right out of his playbook. You confuse, you deceive, you divide, and you conquer. This is textbook. It's a formula. It's a principle that you don't break. It breaks you when you go up against it. And we're seeing it play out right before our very eyes, exactly as Bible prophecy said it would, at breakneck speed. Uh, all of these, it's, it's just all predictive programming. It's brainwashing. Not washing your brain with the water of God's Word. No, it's, it's brainwashing by the world. So like Paul to the Romans in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, don't be conformed, brainwashed, programmed by the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wash your mind. You need to wash your mind, not be brainwashed. You need to wash your brain. I wish they had a, you know, like a car wash, a brainwash. Man, I'd, I'd pay good money for that. Pull in, brainwash, pull out. I mean, wash brain, pardon me. No, actually, every time you turn on any media, you're getting brainwashed. And you don't have to pay for it. In fact, they'll pay you to do it. <laughs> anyway, I'm digressing. But what makes this so serious and so curious is that the plot of the film, they blame this internet takedown on the U.S. government, that this was a government conspiracy to take down the internet and then the rage that ensues because of the confusion and the chaos. See, this is, and by the way, just look at the back of your $1 bill. Not right now. Um, this is order out of chaos. This is the phoenix, not the eagle, rising out of the ashes of chaos. It is satanic. It is occultic. And it's happening now. It's happening now. Okay. Well, here goes. You ready? Okay. About a week ago, on January 5th, Donald Trump posted a messianic, that's a quote, video about God sending him to save the world. What's interesting is, it's also very creepy. <laughs> no, for real. It's a spinoff of Paul Harvey's famous radio broadcast titled, So God Made a Farmer. In fact, they use AI to replicate Paul Harvey's voice in this video that Trump posted on 
ironically enough, truth social, better said false social, propaganda social, disinformation social. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. I make no apologies. That's the truth. That's the truth. So they, they get Paul Harvey's voice, which is, makes it so creepy. I mean, the video itself is creepy. And he posts it, and I want to he, he, he renamed it, not So God Made a Farmer, it's now So God Made Trump. Can I just share with you the text from this very creepy video? I'm going to anyway. <laughs> this is Paul Harvey's voice. I know I don't come close. I'll do. No, I'm not going to try to mimic it. And on June 14, 1946, God looked down on His planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. I need somebody with arms strong enough to wrestle the deep state, and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to ruffle the feathers, tame the cantankerous World Economic Forum, come home hungry, have to wait until the First Lady is done with lunch with friends, then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon, and mean it. So God gave us Trump. I need somebody who can shape an ax but wield a sword, who had the courage to step in foot in North Korea, who can make money from the tar of the sand, turn liquid to gold, who understands the difference between tariffs and inflation, will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon, but then put in another 72 hours so God made Trump. God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of vipers, call out the fake news, for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's, the poison of vipers on their lips, and yet stop them. So God made Trump. God said, I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack, a man who cares for the flock, a shepherd of mankind, who will never leave nor forsake them. I need the most diligent worker to follow the path and remain strong in faith and know the belief, belief of God and country. Somebody who was willing to drill, bring back manufacturing and American jobs, farm the land, secure our borders, build our military, fight the system all day, and finish a hard week's work by attending church on Sunday. 
And then his oldest son turns and says, Dad, let's make America great again. Dad, let's build back a country to be the envy of the world again. So God made Trump. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit give you a moment. Okay, Pastor, thank you for that. That's uh, wow. This is what happens when you take time off, I guess. I don't know. But how, with all due respect, Pastor, do, does all of this tie together? I'm so glad you asked. Answer, it's all false propaganda deliberately crafted to confuse and deceive so as to divide and conquer. Again, may I just humbly ask you to consider the following. Think about this. Obama delivers a speech saying, people are dying because of misinformation and citizens no longer know what to believe. Netflix releases a film riddled with predictive programming about people believing it was a deliberate attack, bringing the internet down, throwing everyone into confusion and chaos. And then Trump posts a video posturing himself as the savior to believe in, because God gave us Trump who believes in God and country. Did you connect those dots? I don't know what to believe. No, believe this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really confused. Hey, let Trump unconfuse you. Yeah, but this is, this is really bad. Let Trump save you. You know what's so ironic? I, I, I'm sorry. No, I'm, again, I'm not sorry. Why am I still apologizing? I take that back. In that Obama speech, he is blasting Trump. And then right out of the other side of his forked tongue, demon-possessed mouth, he goes on to say that the development of the tested vaccine on you was a great success. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Because if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> and I sure hope I'm not confused, I thought Trump vaccine bad, Biden, Obama good. So when, by the way, it's all theater, it's all theater, I, I will say that I am sorry for anyone who still believes that there is legitimacy to the theater we see playing out in the political re arena today. You can hate me, you can get mad at me, but I am speaking to you the truth. These are two wings on the same phoenix rising out of the ashes of chaos to bring order. 
That's the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. It is false social. This is false because it's all a script. It's, we're watching a movie produced by Obama and Trump. And in the movie that we're watching this, it, it's fiction. It's fiction. Because they want you to believe, key word, I'm not angry, but I am passionate about this because it's the truth. They want us to believe that Biden's against Trump and Obama's against Trump and Trump's against Obama. You're playing right into their hands. And isn't it just a little bit confusing when back in 2020, take COVID? We need to get a vaccine. We need to get a vaccine. We need to get a vaccine. Well, if Trump does it, I'm not taking it. And then Trump did it. And by the way, I've got videos archived. I didn't mean to go this far, but I did. I've got videos archived of one Donald J. Trump actually getting visibly angry when he's not given the credit his ego demands for being the, quote, father of the vaccine. And now you've got Obama saying, yeah, this was a great success. Wait, I'm confused. Was it you or Trump? It was both. Wait, you mean the left versus the right? Yeah, don't fall for it. Republican, Democrat, left, right, liberal, conservative. Stop. I beg you, please. I beseech you. Stop. You're, you're, you're playing right into the hands of the confusion of the devil, who's the author of confusion. No wonder you're so confused. You don't know what to believe. They got you. You don't know what to believe. Yeah. I guess I can believe in Trump who believes in God and country. I, I, I guess Obama, I, I no longer know what to believe because all, all of the misinformation, interesting, he didn't say disinformation, very calculated again, very cunning, very deliberate. Let me see if I can somehow bring this back. Let me, let me try this. The reason I'm vein popping, passionate about this is because I know my Bible. I know the Word of God and the God of the Word and the God of the Word and the Word of God has told us that this is exactly what will mark the last hour of human history as we know it. And you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room to fill in that blank. I mean, this last day's confusion is now in full force. And I have to confess that sometimes, personally, it is so heartbreaking when I see people so duped. They're so duped.
I still didn't do very well trying to get this thing back, but let me try again. Thanks for your patience. The only consolation that I can find that settles my heart is knowing that God told us this would happen before this started to happen. So when we saw it begin to happen, believers, those who believe, will look up and lift up their heads, knowing their redemption draws nigh. Because you see, God doesn't want us to be ignorant about Bible prophecy. He wants us to be aware. So He's told us that this is going to happen. Now, the question becomes, how does this comport with Bible prophecy specific to how close we are to the rapture? And for the answer to that, I want to go back to Jesus <laughs> and what He said in Matthew 24. There's no ambiguity here. This is the words of the Savior about confusion and deception. Jesus is going to give us the answer. The answer to the question of, what does this mean for me now? When that alarm clock goes off tomorrow and I go to work, what does this mean to me now? Uh, by the way, just parenthetically, let me say there won't be any alarm clocks in heaven. No need. That was just no extra charge for that. So here's the answer. Jesus answered, verse 4, Matthew 24, and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Christ, Christos, anointed one, chosen one. Matthew 24, verse 21, Jesus speaking, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then, verse 23, listen very carefully. If anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and post on false social Come on, let me have that one. Okay, good. False Christs and false prophets, saviors will rise and show great signs. And here's that word again, wonders. Hmm, makes you wonder to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, he's on Truth Social. That's the last time I'll use that one. Do not go out, do not view it. Well, or look, he is in the inner rooms. Four words, do not believe it. Yeah, Obama told us that, you know, we're so confused with all the misinformation, we're even dying, and nobody knows what to believe. I do. 
I not only know what to believe, I know who to believe. And who I believe in is Jesus the Christ, the Savior of the world, God the Son incarnate, fully man, fully God, that promised me He's coming back to get me, to take me to the place He prepared for me. That's who I believe in. Now that's because I took time off. <laughs> Whew, I was pent up. I feel better now. It's, uh, here's the bottom line. And I hope that my personality and style of delivery is not in any way a distraction. But this profound increase of confusion and false disinformation specific, listen, to the true Christ is exponentially increasing proportionate to the proximity of the rapture of the church. Be encouraged. The worse it gets, the closer we get. And it's getting worse, and we're getting close. Thank you, Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, because it's getting pretty bad. Uh, one more thing, and I, oh, if you only knew what I have to delete from these updates. It's very painful, because I've discussed so much. I'm, I'm working on something. I'm researching it. I'm vetting it. But I have every reason to believe that there's validity to the reality that they have something planned, exactly as was programmed. And it's coming. Internet, financial, banking, boom. Oh, why not? Real quick. And we're almost done. Take heart. Um, this was about a week ago, or I think it was a Thursday night, and uh, when I was still uh, with my family, and uh, Gail sent me a text from HECO warning about uh, a potential power outage for 30 minute spans in designated areas to conserve on electricity, because the supply had been compromised by virtue of a couple of generators going down. Come on. Yeah, you think I'm stupid? <laughs> no, they're preparing us. See, because the time is coming soon and very soon, by the way, when your electricity, you know, the thing we take for granted, I mean, how many of us become incensed when our internet goes down? We're like, what? We're on the phone. I don't have internet. <laughs> I don't do that. I, I just, you know, because I'm the pastor, I'm very gracious. But you want your internet? We had to suspend it and your electricity. And oh, by the way, your ability to buy and sell, because your social credit score is too low. So is your carbon credit score. You had all of the ACs in your house on at the same time. That's a no-no, you bad boy, you. <laughs> and oh, incidentally, in the warning, you know, uh, we need to uh, ration the electricity. No, you don't. 
So I look, of course, I'm going to look. I don't care about anybody else on the island. I just care about Kailua and Kaneohe. Oh, there, look at that. Oh, we're, we're down for 6.30 to 7 p.m. That's when I microwave something to eat. <laughs> but they said, please limit the use of your air conditioners. I thought, ah, oh, yeah. Am I taking this too far? You got it, right? Bottom line again, everything that's happening that they've, they have been programming the masses for is evidence of just how close we are to that trumpet sound when the dead in Christ rise first and we who are alive and remain are caught up, raptured up to meet the Lord in the air and forever be with the Lord. You know that the purpose of these updates is to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. I know I say that every week. You had a break for a few weeks. Well, I'm back. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, when people realize And people are realizing that Bible prophecy is beginning to come to pass, because God said, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. So when it happens, you will believe that I am. And people are starting to ask questions, good questions about, isn't there something about this in the Bible? Yes, there is. What does this mean? Everything that's happening, because everything is going crazy off the charts. And it's a very confusing world we're living in, and it's getting confusing with each passing day. Well, what if I told you that the Bible says that it will be confusing and become more confusing with each passing day, right before that great and final day, when Jesus comes to take His church away? Well, now you've got my attention. Good, because that's the good news. The good news is that Jesus came and He died. He was crucified. He was buried. And on the third day He rose again, and He is coming back again. Good news. That's the gospel. The death, burial, resurrection, and return of Jesus Christ. Don't leave off the, let's talk Paul Harvey, the rest of the story while we're at it. So that's the gospel good news of salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ. What does that look like? Well, it's very childlike what that looks like. And that's why we do the ABCs of salvation. Again, just a a, a simple tool to equip you, should you ever have the profound privilege of being able to share Jesus with somebody that asks you, like Peter says, about the hope that you have. There's something different about you. You're not like everybody else. Everybody else is freaking out. They're so confused. Not you. Nobody knows what to believe, but you're just rock solid in your belief. 
and nothing shakes you. And I've watched you from the sidelines of your life, and I've seen what's happened in your life, and you're not shaking in the least. In fact, it's sick because you're excited. And that freaks me out even more. Because the more things go crazy, the more you go crazy with excitement. What's up with you? I'm so glad you asked. And it is going to be up with me, by the way. And it could be up with you too, if you go up with me. (laughs) The A is just acknowledge, admit. You sinned. You've transgressed. You've broken God's law. Because unless and until you acknowledge you're a sinner, why would you be interested in a Savior? Oh, I'm a good person. I've never murdered anybody. Oh, really? Well, Jesus said, if you've hated somebody or had anger in your heart towards somebody, you've committed murder in your heart. We've all sinned. There's no one righteous, Romans 3.10, not one, save one, Jesus the Christ. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. So now we have to plead guilty. We enter the plea in the court of the universe with the judge who created the universe. And we've been found guilty. And now the verdict is in. And we enter the sentencing phase. You're going to be sentenced now. What's the sentence? It's the death sentence. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin, the penalty is the death penalty. The wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. Now here's the good news. As you're being sentenced to death, in walks a man into that courtroom of the universe. No ordinary man. This is the God man, Jesus the Christ. And he says to the judge of the universe, stop. You sentenced him to death. I'll go to my death in his stead. I'll pay his penalty. And then the judge of the universe looks to you. And because we know he's a local judge, he says, oh, (laughs) good news. You're free to go because whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Good news. That's what the word gospel means. The gift of God, good news, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Now, the B, very central, right smack in the middle. And it's that word we just got done talking about. Well, I got done talking about and yelling about the word Believe. Believe in your heart. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And what seals the deal, Romans 10, 13, 
is that all who call upon the name of the Lord will, will be saved. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. It's not what goes into a man's mouth that defiles him. It's what comes out of your mouth. What comes out of your mouth? What's in your heart? If Jesus is Lord of your life, then what's going to come out of your mouth is a confession. Yes, you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess. Now for salvation, then too late for damnation eternally. I chose today's But God testimony for reasons I think you'll understand shortly. It comes from, and I sure hope I'm not butchering your name, sweetheart, Ineki Havercate, who actually first emailed back on September 6th of 2022, right after Obama's speech, <laughs> writing, Dear Pastor JD, I live in the Netherlands and I follow your updates every week since 2020. It encourages me every week. I have a testimony. It was in 2021. Every week I shop in a drugstore. The drugstore worker does not believe in Jesus Christ as her Savior. I have spoken to her about Jesus, that He is the only way to be saved. I gave her a Bible and the simple ABCs in Dutch. Once I was in the drugstore, the drugstore worker told me that there was a woman in the shop. She said, I thought the woman would have a heart attack. The drugstore worker told her that I also believed in Jesus Christ. I was sorry that I was not there at the time. The drugstore worker asked the woman for her telephone number. So I got her telephone number and I did send a message to her. Then we called each other and then we met. Since then we see each other almost every week. Some time ago she got very sick. She went to the hospital and needed surgery. It looked very bad. She had to say goodbye to her children because the doctors thought she would not survive the surgery. I was so sad. God had brought us together and we needed each other. We often prayed together. And now I had to say goodbye. I beg God, please let her live. We, we need each other. And I asked many sisters from our church and many friends to pray for her. She would probably die, but God, it was a miracle. She came through the surgery. The doctors were amazed. Now she could testify to the doctors and nurses. One nurse even had to cry. She told everyone who wanted to hear about Jesus and how great our God is. I am so grateful. I thank God from the bottom of my heart. To Him we praise. He is my everything. I love my Jesus for what He has done for me. I hope you can read my bad English. It is long ago I learned it at school with love. Ineki from the Netherlands. Now, a couple weeks later, this is still 2022, this is September 23rd. She writes again, Dear Pastor JD, I saw your last update and I sent it to my friends. The time is short. One friend told me that she accepted Jesus. I thank God I gave her the ABCs and she asked if she is also at the rapture, meaning will I go up in the rapture? <laughs> a few weeks ago I sent you a but God testimony, the one I just read. I don't know if you received it. I'd like to know. I'm so sorry it took two years to let you know. I did receive it. Every week I look forward to your updates. It encourages me so much. The sister I told you of in the testimony that almost died, but by a wonder of God, she is still alive, has been, listen to this, watching your updates for 15 years. This is in 22. So now it's 17 years. That sister, you got treasures in heaven. And she told me about you. So I always look forward every week 
to Jesus coming. What a day that will be. I like to hear if you receive my messages, I got them. Better late than never with love, a sister from the Netherlands. Now, a little over a year later, so now we're November 25th of last year, she writes again. And you know what's interesting? I actually was going to share her original But God testimony, and I had it all ready to go. And then at the last minute, I preempted it with another But God testimony, and I just saved it in my archive file. Like God was saying, you're going to share this, but not today. Now I know why. So get this, November 25th last year, dear Pastor JD, I hope you can read my English because it is 50 years ago I learned English at school. I live in the Netherlands. I follow your updates since 2020. I have worked in the pharmacy and I knew from the beginning that the shots are poison. I know the fabrics that are in the shots. And I like your prophecy updates very much because you are also warning and let us see in what time we live. Also your sense of humor. I like very much. I like you very much. (laughs) Your last update from 19 November touched me so. I had to cry. Last week the doctor said to me that I have breast cancer. And it is so true. It brings me closer to Jesus, because He is the one and only for me. I look forward to the rapture. I love my Jesus so very much. I cannot speak enough of Him. Also to the nurses and the doctors. I wear a sweater with the text faith, and that is what I have. Jesus is my only hope. I do not know what way I have to go, but I know Jesus is always with me. He shall never leave me. Pastor D, I love you. And also Capono. We have a friend, Capono, in the Netherlands. And all my brothers and sisters in your church. I'm looking forward for your next prophecy updates until the trumpet sounds, and we forever may be near our dear Lord Jesus Christ. And then I will meet you too. This is my but God testimony. My illness is bad, but God makes it for good, with love from the Netherlands, your sister. Now, that was November 25th. Well, December 15th, she writes, Dear Pastor JD, every week I look forward to your updates since 2020. I shall miss you the coming weeks. This is when I announced that I was going to take some time off. I live in the Netherlands. So sorry for my bad English. I pray for you, dear Pastor, and your lovely wife, Kelly. I wrote you a couple weeks ago, but I do not know if you received my message. I wrote that I have breast cancer. I did not know then that your wife Kelly also has breast cancer. I feel what she feels. This week in the hospital I heard that I have metastasis, and the cells of metastasis are different than the cells of the tumor, so I have also another tumor in my body. Coming week I have a scan. I cried a lot of tears, but God knows the way. He knows and loves me, and He knows and loves your wife, Kelly. I do not know what His way is, but I know that His way is the best. I place my trust in the Lord. Dear Pastor J.D. and Kelly, I love you so much. I hope and pray that we are going to together alive to see Jesus when the trumpet sounds. I know it is very soon. I look forward to seeing my Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He is our surgeon. (laughs) He is a God of wonders. I believe, I believe. I pray for you and Kelly every day. I love my brothers and sisters from your church. I hope you receive my message. Big hugs for you and Kelly with much love from the Netherlands, your sister, Ineki. Go ahead and come on up, Kapon. Why don't you stand up?
Father in heaven, we're in agreement with our sister in the Netherlands that it is our hope that we will be amongst those who remain alive when that trumpet sounds. And if it's as soon as we believe it is, then we certainly don't have much more time to wait. So Lord, we do pray and say, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But before that trumpet sounds, there are many who need to come to You. Maybe some that need to come back to You. I pray that today would be that day, because tomorrow's not guaranteed. Thank You, Jesus. We love You so much, Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And when I am afraid, I will trust in You. I will not be dismayed. I will trust in You. And when I am afraid, I will trust in You. I will not be dismayed. I will trust in You. And sing out glory in the highest to the living Lord. Glory to the one who is and yet to come. Glory in the highest to the living Lord. Glory to the one who is and yet to come. Cause Lord, I can't do it on my own. Can you heal my broken home? Lord, I can't do it on my own. Can you heal my broken home? In you, oh Lord, I put my trust Lord, in you alone. God bless you. God bless you.